0: Ivan Zoot, aka Clipper Guy, is an author, educator, coach, barber, and serial entrepreneur. You've probably known him for a various set of things from books to combs, et cetera. Well, today we're going to talk about what that journey has been like and what exactly, how exactly he did it. Welcome back to the Hairdresser Strong Show. I'm your host, Robert Hughes, and today I'm with Ivan Zoot. How you doing, Ivan?
1: Robert, good morning. Very excited to be here. Glad to be able to connect with you to 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 come on and spend some time with your community. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming. Uh so what if uh if our audience doesn't know you or hasn't seen met you yet, uh they're re- I feel like they're really in for a treat. Um I was just uh listened to some other podcasts that you did with uh Heritage Tree and uh Corey and Tony at the show where I met you. Um we met at the Premier Orlando show uh this summer, uh spring summer, whatever uh so and i was in one of your classes and i was just like hearing all the different things you do so i was i was thinking maybe you could just kind of tell us a little bit about uh your story like you know you got into hair and like how'd that happen and like what was your journey uh leading up to you being this accomplished entrepreneur and in so many different field realms
1: Accomplished Entrepreneur. Well, whatever I tell you now, I got to live up to that title. Um, Yeah, you know what? I mean, 35 years in the business, I've had an incredible amount of fun. Um, I'm not even close to finished. Um, You know, there was a time when I was kind of viewed as the young whippersnapper in the business, and I don't know what the heck happened, but all of a sudden, everybody's treating me like an elder statesman and giving me lifetime achievement awards. So, you know, in a blink of an eye, you go from being the rookie to you know, uh, somebody throwing you a retirement party, but, um, I've had an incredible amount of fun. I've made a lot of money. Um, I've worn, I've worn just a ton of hats. Um, you know, interestingly, when I share it though, I think the story of what got me to cosmetology school is kind of insightful as to how I then kind of wandered my journey through the business. And we can blame it all on Elaine. Uh, Elaine was a cosmetologist uh, who used to cut my hair uh, before I was married, lived in a little apartment. Uh, She was in a shop down the block and around the corner from where I lived. And I would, at the time, I went to college, I'm working in sales, in hospitality and food service. I sold glassware, silverware, cleaning chemicals, everything for restaurants that you don't eat. Um, And I wandered in there and I got a haircut. And I was a regular customer of Elaine at this shop. And truth be told, every time she cut my hair, I was disappointed. I never liked the haircut. Um, So one day when she cuts my hair, I'm leaving. I'm walking through the parking lot. I'm kicking gravel. I'm cursing under my breath. And I ask myself the question, if you're never happy with the haircut, why do you keep going back? And the answer I came up with was I kept going back for a lot of reasons. I'll give you a few of them. I liked the location; it was convenient. I liked the price. That's what I thought you should pay for a haircut. I liked the music they played on the radio. I liked the magazines in the waiting room. I liked the bottle of goop that I bought for my hair. I liked the owner; he seemed like a cool dude. I liked Elaine. We had a a relationship like I expected to have with my professional hair cutter, and turns out i liked everything except the haircut and i'm looking at the beauty and barber business and it dawned on me at this point that number 1 it's not about haircuts and i'm going to say this and especially for those members of your community who are students hear me now and believe me later haircuts don't matter wow you're going to spend 1500 hours busting your hump to learn how to do haircuts and this guy comes on on interview show and tells you the haircuts don't matter Well, I'm doing you a huge favor because the sooner you figure that out, the more successful you'll be in our business. So I figured out it was sales. Now, I was in a sales job that I hated every day. It was just a miserable job. Made a lot of money, but I didn't like the job. And I looked at the beauty industry and I said, this is sales. I'm good at sales. I'm good with people. Now, as a young person, I spent most of my time underneath a car with a wrench in my hand. And in my head, I went, scissors, wrench, blow dryer, you know, socket wrench. This can't, I'm working with my hands. This can't be that different. And if it's sales and if it's people, well, you know what? You get to be inside all day. You don't get really dirty at work. I can (laughs) probably do this. And I literally went on a tour at a beauty school the next day and signed up for cosmetology school Uh, because my thought process, my belief before I ever got into the business, was that this business was not the business people think it is, and I think okay. if you look at what I've done along the way, I've really approached it all from the perspective of this is not what we think it is, and if we understand what it really is, we can make something out of this.
0: All right, and so uh, I'm I'm curious, what is what is this like? Could you explain that? What is this industry?
1: This is an industry of building and maintaining relationships with humans that's right. what this business really is and you know when i used to i had a shop i had 24 hair cutters eight chairs we did 330 to 350 haircuts every day wow low price high volume i came from a chain i managed 37 locations for one of the largest chain salon operations in america wow. so i came from the volume side of the business and what i understood very rapidly is When you're interviewing and hiring stylists, I used to score them. I would literally write it down on the back of their application. I would score them on a scale of one to 10 on their technical abilities. We would do a little technical interview, bring your brother-in-law, do a haircut, let me check out your skills. And I would rate you on a one to 10 on how well do you cut hair, give you a number. And then I would rate you on one to 10 with your people skills how well do you talk to me interact with me how do i feel about you what's my gut the first moment i met you kind of number and the truth of the matter is in order to be successful in the business those two numbers added together you needed about 12 points you know six and six eight and four ten and two you know you needed about 12 points if you were really going to survive one way or the other because we all know we've worked with people i had a team member who was probably one of the most extraordinary hair cutters I've ever known. I mean, an unbelievable technical hair cutter. But she was a vicious, nasty, horrible woman (laughs) to deal with. And what I used to see was clients would come to her Twice or three times. The first time they'd come on referral because, oh my God, the haircuts were amazing. The second time they'd come back because, oh my God, the haircut was amazing, but that woman was a little tough to deal with. The third time they'd come back and they'd go, I ain't putting up with it. It's not worth it. It's not worth that great haircut to deal with this human. The flip side of it is, and I always tell this story if we have a moment, I tell the story of this one girl that worked for me. We're not going to use her name, but her name was Nikki. No, um, but Nikki was a delightful young woman. Nikki didn't walk. Nikki bounced. She was like Tigger, just happy and excited and, and, and exuberant and fresh and fun. And Nikki was not a good hair cutter. On a good day, I would not let her mow my lawn, okay? <laughs> but, but Nikki worked for us in our shop. Nikki was busy, and people love Nikki. And what really helped me truly get a feel for how this business works and how to be successful. I'm cutting hair one day. I'm the owner. I'm in the first chair immediately behind the front desk. And my receptionist is at the desk and a woman comes walking in and I'm listening and I hear the woman and my receptionist talking. And the woman is explaining that she had her hair cut a day or two ago and it wasn't okay. It wasn't even. It was crooked. It needed to be fixed. And could she have it fixed? Well, I excused myself from my client. I came up to the front desk and I introduced myself as the owner. And I said, I understand you need a little adjustment there. I said, if you'll have a seat in the waiting room, I'll finish my client. And I'll be with you in just a moment. And the woman looked at me and she said, oh, no, thank you. I'll wait for Nikki. Now, Nikki got okay. it the first time. And there's a pretty good chance that the second time Nikki isn't going to do a whole lot better, but she'll wait for Nikki. So the receptionist goes back, tells Nikki someone's out front for her. And as I said, Nikki came bouncing out of the waiting room. She came up to the woman in the front and she goes, hi. She gave her a big hug and a kiss. She goes, what's going on? You were just here yesterday. And the woman went, Nikki, look. (laughs) And the bob was like way crooked. And Nikki went like this. Yeah, I can fix that. And Nikki (laughs) took this woman back to her chair. And the best way I can describe it is, Nikki, Dicked around with the haircut for a few minutes. I can't really say anything greater than that. She messed, she played with it for a little bit. And a couple of minutes later, it was closer to even, but I'm not gonna tell you it was even. And when the woman was when Nikki was finished, the woman looked in the mirror and she went like this. Okay. And she got up (laughs) out of the chair, and then she did three things. She gave Nikki a hug, she gave Nikki a kiss. And then she gave Nikki more money. (laughs) That's everything you need to know about the beauty industry. I
0: love that. I totally agree. That's so good. You know, you beat personality is so important. I was, uh, I've been recently, uh, interviewing people for an apprentice assistant position. And, um, it's my first time interviewing, uh, young stylists to take that role. And, uh, I definitely would agree. Like if you can come in and like have a great personality, I could teach you how to cut hair. And uh, if you come in with an ego. Any- I can
1: teach anybody how to cut hair. But yeah. if, but I can't teach you how to be a decent human being. And if right. you apply for a job at my salon right out of cos school in high school, at minimum, you're 18, 19 years old. If in 18 or 19 years old, mom and dad didn't kind of get it right. I'm not sure I can help you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it might take a few. Might take a little bit of time and learning experiences for that to come around.
1: Yeah, we can fix <laughs> haircuts, and by the way, haircuts don't matter. I think I mentioned that once already. But yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, I'm curious. So, did you when you got out of cosmetology school, did you work in a barbershop? or did you go like how? How did you become an owner? Like, what is that? Oh, I went story? to I
1: went to cos school first. Uh-huh. Later. Um, You know, right out of school and during the end of school, I was an assistant. I was a shampoo girl. Uh, I was a receptionist. I was a floor sweeper. I was a towel folder. I was a hair color rinser. Um, And I was an assistant in a large upscale full service day spa salon in Chicago.
0: Oh, can Um, I ask a question? Sorry. Were you assisting while you were in school or after you got licensed?
1: I was assisting while I was in school to the extent that the law in Illinois allows it. So, okay. you know, there are some things you can do. I can't blow dry people. I can okay. shampoo them. Um, I can take out your foils and rinse your color. Um, I can sweep your floor, but I can't serve clients or physically engage with clients. So okay. this salon, high-end salon, had an assisting program. And the idea was as soon as you graduate in Illinois, if you graduate and register to take the test, as long as you're registered to take the test, you can begin working. And then once you've taken the test, if you pass the test, you keep working. But if you don't pass the test, you have to stop working, re-register and pass the test. But initially they assume you're going to pass and they want to get you working right away. So I worked in this full service salon. I went to their, you know, Tuesday night training classes. Um, They gave me one day a week on the floor and I earned my way up through it. At the time with me, 1988. Shampoo, haircut, and style, 75 bucks at this salon. So back in 88, that was a lot of money. The horrifying thing was I was bad. I mean, I was very, very not good at this. Um, I did not, you know, I'm not one of these young people who started doing their friend's hair when they were seven. And by the time they got to 18 years old, they had a decade of experience. Yeah, I had none of that. Um, And very quickly, I discovered I didn't know how to cut hair. So I got a part time job. I'm working full time, full service, assistant slash trainee slash getting on the floor. Discovered I don't know how to cut hair. I get a part time job at a low price, high volume chain. You know, Zippy cuts down by the mall. We're not going to use their name, but I get a job at a chain where they teach me a cutting system. Now, to this day, if you watch me cut hair and if you know some of the big chain cutting systems in America, you can tell where I used to work because there are some elements of how I cut that I still use from that chain today. I don't cut with their system in pure form, but I certainly have begged, borrowed, and stolen pieces from everything I've ever learned. So, truth of the matter is, I fell in love with cutting. And I fell in love with the low price, high volume, family oriented sector of the market. Well, when my boss at the day spa found out that I was working part time at Quickie Cuts, you know, he had an aneurysm (laughs) and he gave me an ultimatum. He said, dude, you got to choose. You're going to work there. or You're going to work here, but you can't do both. And my response to him was. (laughs) I'm out. (laughs) <laughs> and I went full-time at the chain. I was a part-time hair cutter, full-time hair cutter. I was a shift manager, store manager. When I left the chain to open my own place, I was what they called a group technical trainer, which meant that I not only did the initial training in the cutting system for new hires, but I also did the recertification training that everyone was required to do once a year to brush up on their system. Um, fell in love with that part of the business, opened my own shop, modeled off of that type of chain business. So we were a 1,000 square feet, we were eight chairs, and I blew up the formula. Um, At the time, I managed the busiest location within that chain in Chicago. And that location was doing about 140 head a day. And that was off the hook. We were doing 330 to 350 a day. We took everything I learned from the chain we pumped it full of steroids and we exploded it. Nice. We had an incredible amount of fun. Um, everybody made a lot of money. At the time, all of my employees worked six and a half hour shifts. Nobody worked more than five days a week. So that's about 32 hours. Nice. And every single one of my people earned money above industry average doing $14 haircuts because wow. we did it on volume. We were busy, but we cranked and my our people made Made great money and we had a lot of fun.
0: Nice. That's awesome. I love that story. That's good. Start off a print. You were in school. You were also assisting, like learning some stuff, getting your foot in the door, getting your, you know, and then you decided to go the direction you went in. And then you used that place as a platform to basically learn the entire business inside and out before you opened up your own shop.
1: I mean, one of my fun little stories is shortly after I opened one day, a car pulled up in front of my shop containing four men wearing suits. And they got out and they were like peeking in the windows and I went outside and I'm like, you know, you guys can come in and look around if you want. And they're like, okay. And these four guys come in and look around. I knew exactly who they were. They were lawyers who represented the chain that I used to work for. And they were sent to come visit me to see if anywhere in any way I had violated any kind of trademark from the chain from which I had worked because I worked for this chain. I went out on my own and their concern was Did this guy, is this guy taking anything that is proprietary, anything that is unique to us, anything for which we could go after him legally for infringing on our brand or our patent or whatever. I'm like, come on in guys, take some pictures. This before digital phones and things like Mm -hmm. that. I'm like, take some pictures, take some notes. And, uh, you know, say hello to, you know, the folks back at the office for me, uh, never heard from them again, but it was a, it was a proud, proud moment in my family.
0: I bet. That's awesome. That's so fun. Uh, so, so as a, as a salon owner, uh, you also, you're an author. I know that there's a, a Guinness book world record situation. I don't want to make, I'm going to make sure we get, uh, that in into it, so uh, I'd like to hear, I'd, we'd lo- definitely got to hear that story.
1: August 23rd, 1998, um, I broke the Guinness World Records for haircutting, and, uh, you know, where are you located? Remind me. D.C. You're in D.C. All right. It doesn't snow too heavy in D.C., but when it does, it cripples the city. Um, yeah. <laughs> Chicago, we get some snow. You guys are legendary for not knowing what to do when it snows. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, in Chicago, we don't mess around with snow, but in a beauty shop, in a barber shop in February, when you get 14 inches of snow, nobody gets a haircut. Everybody stays in for the day. We plow it. The next day we get back out there. But as you can imagine, you got a bunch of cosmetologists on a snowy day sitting around a shop shooting the breeze and talking smack. And pretty soon, one of them says, I'm faster than you. And the other one goes, no, 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 no. I'm faster than you. And you get a fight going. Now, this is pre-internet, but we come to find out there is a Guinness World Record for haircutting. Oh, wow. For the fastest haircut in the world. And there's a record for the most haircuts in an hour. Now, I look at the fastest haircut record and I go, I can't do that. But I look at the haircuts per hour and I go, I bet I could break that. So I set out on a plan starting in February and I created a system for haircutting, an efficiency system. I built that system by doing one haircut a night, every night, all year. I had one employee stay back with me at nine o'clock to learn the system, to learn what I was doing so that my whole team was trained in where we were going with this. And then on August 23rd of 1998, we had a charity event and a publicity stunt. We charged money for the haircuts. We gave it all away to charity. I had my whole team there and I broke the world record for haircuts in one hour. Originally, the record was 18 haircuts in an hour. I did 22 haircuts in an hour. Nice. Of those 22 haircuts, six of them were faster than the single haircut world record. What was that? Six of them. I set the world record for fastest haircut in the world. I wrote a book called my first book called Clipper Guy Says Time is Money. That book told the story of the world records and shared my system. Well, right away, I started speaking and I started teaching and traveling. I had already been doing platform work with a major manufacturer, but all of a sudden the opportunities ramped up. I sold my salon at that point because I had really two choices. I could either keep it, and run it absentee, and run the risk of really losing control of it. I could hire a manager and hope that a manager could run it in an honest and and proper way. Or at this peak, at this high point in my career, cash out, go do something else. I can always own a shop again later. So we chose to cash out. We sold the shop to the parents of a young lady who worked for me She still owns it to this day. It still has my name on it in the Chicago suburbs. Um, She's continued to run a fabulous business in that location. Um, I was just there recently on August 23rd because it was the 24th anniversary of my breaking the record. So I stopped by to visit and I shot a quick TikTok video and I showed everybody the chair and the station where this 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 holy thing happened. It was a lot of fun. However, While I was traveling and teaching and writing books and getting busy doing other things in the industry, somebody broke my records and that pissed me off. (laughs) And if there's any message to this story, the message is don't piss him off (laughs) because on August 23rd of 2008, exactly 10 years to the day, I did it again. Nice. The record was 18 haircuts in an hour. I did 22 haircuts in an hour. Some wise guy did 23 haircuts in an hour. So I did 34.
0: Wow! There don't you piss go. me off. <laughs> Almost 50 percent more.
1: <laughs> don't 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 piss me off. Um, the record for fastest haircut in the world with that day. I have now broken the record for fastest haircut in the world 16 times. I've moved that record faster and faster and faster.
0: What is that?
1: It, uh, 55 seconds.
0: What? <laughs> <laughs> and what Lord, I know someone's asking. It was, asking,
1: two minutes, it was sorry, two minutes 23. I did it in 209. Guy got it down under two. Um, by the time I was done playing that game, 55 was the fastest I've ever done. And I'm never doing it again. By the way, and this is a message for your community, learn my system, modern tools and techniques, enhance what I did, break my records, take my job. I want to help you. I want to coach you. I want to be standing behind you, cheering you on. Records are made to be broken. Every four years at the Olympics, we see records fall. You can never take it away from me. My gravestone will say Guinness World Record Breaker. It may not say holder by the time go. I get to the cemetery, <laughs> but it will say breaker. I earned that. But now it's time for somebody else. Some Somebody young, enthusiastic, energetic, who wants to make their mark in the business. How can I help you? You know? That's
0: awesome. Uh so I I hear I th- there's a theme I hear here uh throughout all of your uh your entire story. Yeah, the is, theme is
1: don't piss me off.
0: Yeah, there's that. Uh <laughs> and from like a uh um from a like a lesson to be learned for the a biz- person who's embarking out on their career or looking to make some sort of change, uh what I've I, what I hear is you spend time doing your, your research, you educate yourself, you practice, you plan. Uh, You don't just like wake up one day, I'm going to open up a salon, even though I haven't learned how to manage one. Like you spent the time, you learned all, you learned the business, you learned the industry and the same thing with the hair, the, the record, you know, you, you practice for a year and developed a system. This is no, like, this is no instant gratification or world of TikTok. You know, it's like, this is uh, very much, it just sounds like, is that is that something that you would say is uh, pretty consi- consistent throughout your life? Your I, I mean, yeah,
1: I, that's definitely a piece of it. You know, the third world record I have is the most haircuts 24 hours nonstop without a break. Now, that one, I, I was the first person ever to set it and then I broke that again. But the reason I mentioned that is One of my concerns, you know, when I broke the records the first time, I was working in the shop every day doing 45 to 50 head a day. I was in shape, I was in fighting trim. Fast forward 10 years later, I'm doing shows in education, I'm a little bit older, I'm a little bit heavier, I'm a little bit lazier, and I recognize I'm not gonna be able to pull this off without preparation, to your point. Um, Where I live in the suburbs, the tallest building in our community is a Weston hotel that is about a mile from my house. It's 16 stories tall. I went to the Weston every other day for a year with my iPod on. I'm not that old. It wasn't my Walkman. It was just my iPod. With my iPod on, all of your young community just went, what's a Walkman? Um, but with my iPod on, and I ran up the stairs 16 flights was the biggest building I could find. I ran up the stairs. I went across the hall. I went down the other stairwell. I went across and I went up again. And I did that for an hour a night, every night, other, every other night for a year. And that was about building the strength in my lower back and my legs, wow. recognizing that the 24-hour record was going to be physically taxing. But I also put it far enough out on the calendar that I would have the time to develop to to take care of myself physically. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Preparation is a huge key. The other element of it, if there's a common theme behind preparation, and and I continue this to this day in the industry, is it's hard to hit a moving target because Ivan isn't going to do the same thing for very long. You know, there was a time when I did hair shows and the majority of what I did was holding a clipper and a comb and putting hair on the floor. Well, today, I almost never do technical demonstration. And the reality is, there's a young generation of people in our business that are enthusiastic about doing technical demonstration. All you have to do is look at TikTok or look at Instagram. Everybody that owns a Clipper and a phone wants to be an educator. Well, the answer is, I'm not going to play that game anymore. I already set the bar. I set the standard very, very high, and I've moved on. I'm now talking about how to raise your prices, how to be a $100,000 hair cutter, how to manage your business, how to build sales and take home hair care product. I'm having what we're going to call second, third, and fourth level conversations. And for all practical purposes, if you want to see how to cut a fade, you know what? I want to surrender that to an army of young people. I know how to do it. I know how to teach it. But- there's no reason for me to play that game anymore. And quite frankly, there's fresh new young talent coming up behind me. I want to encourage them. I want to support them. I want to bring them on board. I want to show them the opportunities. But don't worry about me because I moved on. I'm doing something different. And if you think you're going to catch what I'm doing now, come see me in January because the conversation is going to change. You're never going to catch me.
0: I love that. That's uh Stay on your toes, stay agile and keep moving. I like that. Um, well, uh, I think this is a, this is, that's a great place to kind of like uh, to stop and wrap it up. And uh, you know, in the next conversation, I'd love to hear more about your books and uh, the stiff sums and the things that people can learn from them. Uh, but I think now is a good time to wrap up. Do you have any like uh, last uh, pieces of advice for anybody watching this? Who's, who's thinking about under undertaking something big and, uh, you know, making or making some sort of move or change or taking on a on a challenge uh, before we wrap it up.
1: you know, the only thing I would offer up your audience, and I think they know that just by being here today, is listen to this program, listen to the other things you offer up. I've got a podcast. There are YouTube channels. There's so you're living in a time in which there is more content available than you could ever consume. Be consuming it. Um, be taking this stuff in, you know, your job, in our, in any industry is to take it in, sort it out, discard what is not relevant to your world and latch on to the things that can make a difference for you, move forward, lather, rinse and repeat. I mean, that's the watchword of our industry. Go back out, get more information, use that information, incorporate it into what you do and take the next step forward. And, and by being here, if you can hear my voice right now, you're already in the game. Congratulations. Now you just got to level up now.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for coming on the show. And look, definitely look forward to having you on again soon. And, um, yeah, and so if you're listening on uh on on podcast, please give us a rating and follow us. If you're watching on YouTube or Instagram, please uh like, follow, subscribe, leave a comment below. Also, if you look in the description below, you will see all the links to to get in contact with Ivan or get onto his website and get these resources he's talking about. And um and yeah, so uh until next time, Ivan. Thanks again.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: All right.